Welcome to the Capitol News Roundup. I'm Jennifer Fuller. Our coverage this week focused mainly on the courts, both at the federal and state level. The federal corruption trial for a former Republican state lawmaker turned third-party candidate for governor was supposed to be in Monday in Springfield. But in a bizarre turn of events, former GOP state senator Sam McCann suddenly ditched his court-appointed attorney in order to represent himself. McCann was indicted in early 2021 on seven counts of fraud and one count each of money laundering and tax evasion for allegedly misusing more than $200,000 in campaign funds beginning in 2015. McCann has gone through four other court-appointed attorneys and public defenders and says he's better off representing himself than his latest lawyers who've been on the case since January. And it's obvious to me that no one is going to... uh take this seriously, especially an appointed, I, I, it, I guess you get what you pay for. Early on after his indictment, McCann claimed he was unemployed and had only $500 in a checking account while facing 100 times more than that in debt. U.S. District Judge Colleen Lawless told McCann it was, quote, unwise to represent himself, but still granted his 11th hour request to delay the trial, which is now rescheduled for early February. Meanwhile, three temporary staffing agencies and their trade associations are suing in federal court in an attempt to block enforcement of new labor laws in Illinois. They govern the use of day and temporary workers. Plaintiffs in the lawsuit say the new state laws are overly burdensome and that they're preempted by federal statutes. State lawmakers passed the new laws this spring. They include requirements that temp workers be notified if they're being sent to a workplace where a strike, lockout, or other labor labor trouble exists. They also include requirements that after 90 days on the job, temp workers must be paid the same as regular full-time workers. Governor J.B. Pritzker recently signed a bill delaying implementation of the equal pay rules, but other requirements of the new law took effect in August. At the state level, the Illinois Supreme Court handed down numerous decisions this week. Justices ruled there's a limit to Illinois' strongest-in-the-nation biometric information privacy law. The high court issued a unanimous decision finding the state's Biometric Information Privacy Act doesn't apply to healthcare professionals working in settings like hospitals. The case centered around claims from a pair of nurses who sued their employers over their use of fingerprint-enabled storage for medication. That technology is used in many hospitals to curb theft and abuse of certain drugs. This ruling is a diversion from a string of rulings in recent years where the court sided with employees and customers who alleged businesses improperly collected their biometric information. The justices in this case found Illinois' law includes a clear exemption for the use of healthcare professionals' biometric data in performing medical care. In another case, the Supreme Court says people may not use the state's Freedom of Information Act to request information about their own firearm owner's identification cards, but they can obtain that information through other means. The decision involved two unrelated cases from Madison County, where individuals filed FOIA requests for copies of letters explaining why their FOIA applications had been rejected. An attorney for those individuals said both claimed they had lost the original documents. The state police rejected those requests, saying a 2011 amendment to the FOIA law specifically exempts information about someone's FOIA card from public disclosure. In a unanimous ruling, the state's high court said those individuals could obtain their information directly from ISP's Firearm Services Bureau, but the Freedom of Information Act is not the proper means to go about asking for those records. 
And people in Illinois who are injured in a hit-and-run accident can collect damages from their auto insurance policy even if they weren't in their vehicle at the time of the accident. The Illinois Supreme Court made that ruling on Thursday. The case involved a 14-year-old Chicago boy who was injured by a hit-and-run driver in 2020. He was riding his bicycle on a public street at the time. The boy's father filed a claim with his insurance company, Direct Auto Insurance. But Direct Auto denied the claim, saying it was only liable for injuries to people who were in a vehicle that the company insured. In a unanimous ruling, the state's high court says Illinois law requires insurers to cover people against uninsured motorists and hit-and-run accidents, no matter where the insured person is at the time of the accident. And finally, Monday marked the kickoff for the 2024 election cycle, with hundreds of candidates filing their petitions at the Illinois State Board of Elections office in Springfield. Elections officials will oversee more than 200 races for the March 19th primary, ranging from the Illinois General Assembly, the U.S. House of Representatives, to judges, and more. A line formed outside the elections headquarters in Springfield Monday morning, many lining up before 8 a.m. so they can be entered into a lottery to be the first name on the ballot in their race. Some believe this placement gives them an advantage, but Matt Dietrich with the Illinois State Board of Elections says he's skeptical of that notion because primary voters tend to be well-informed. It doesn't seem logical to me that you would have um, very many of those types of voters who would go into their polling place with no clue of who's on the ballot and would just go, just go through and just randomly pick the first one or pick the last one. Maybe it happens. I don't know, but it, it does seem to defy logic a bit. This year also marks a return to normal after delays from the 2020 census caused the 2022 primary to take place in June. The lottery for that top ballot spot will take place on December 13th. The 2024 primary is March 19th. That'll do it for this week's Capital News Roundup. I'm Jennifer Fuller. Capital News Illinois is a nonprofit, nonpartisan news service covering Illinois government. Major funding comes from the Illinois Press Foundation, the Robert R. McCormick Foundation, with support from the Illinois Broadcasters Foundation and the Southern Illinois Editorial Association.